Hello, and welcome to Enough Liquor, a podcast where we use corn holders that look like corn on the cob when we eat corn on the cob as we discuss the greatest <laughs> television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. Uh, raccoons actually do hold their corn in a very sophisticated <laughs> way. I have to just put that out there. Anyway, um, today we're tackling the 112th episode in the series, All That Jazz. I don't know why that that line just really hit me. So great. Uh, Rose's <laughs> wisdom. Spoke too soon. Uh, yeah, all that nope. jazz. So this is, you know, this is definitely the, like, the least appealing that Michael has ever been. I feel like he keeps going down every episode we see. Well, he's turning into Stan, which I think also, like, yeah. reflects really poorly on the stick man, I have to say. Like, well, and, yeah, you know, we, we, you, we know. Him. Yeah. We see um, him intimately reflected. In fact, multiple times we're talking about Michael and it's a perfect analogy to Stan. You're like, oh, right. That's where that comes from. Got it. Yeah. And a couple episodes, we'll see him at Christmas and he's like such a pathetic oh, loser. But um, but yeah, Michael is such a, uh, he's such a baby son. He's such a baby boy. And I do feel like, you know, he's a real, he's a caricature for sure. But I think he yeah. is, a representation of a lot of men who like continue to and particularly like men who I think have had um mothers who were with fathers who didn't really respect them um mm-hmm. and you know I think that that's interesting because it, it shouldn't really reflect reflect poorly on Dorothy but it, it kind of does like Michael's behavior isn't only from watching his parents of course but like yeah it's got to be connected and like that's how men act in that family that's how men treat women like here's my laundry can I have some money you know like that's mm-hmm. he's not just coming up with that out of nowhere um right. and that's probably why Lorraine kicked him out what a loser oh I mean absolutely a woman in his her 40s of course she yeah, she's not gonna take that break and when he's, he's like she doesn't understand that I'm a free spirit like I almost threw up I know. Um, and he's like, you understand me. Oh, so manipulative. Oh my God. I hate this. Every time I ask for money, you make me feel like I'm asking. Great. We can get appetizers. What a fucking loser. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. But that's a really interesting point of like, you know, Dorothy is a, this is five seasons in and she has, she's made some big strides living on her own post-divorce, right. In terms of growth and understanding that like, she absolutely would have done things differently growing up as both a wife and a mother, had she, you know, like been the kind of person that she is now that we are used to seeing her as. So I think it's really interesting to think about what Michael had seen her as and how much leeway she gave Stan that she absolutely would not and does not give him today. So it's kind of interesting because it's like, it's that weird, like getting to know your parents as an adult type of thing, but then you still slip into your old roles. And I also think it's like completely reasonable for your gut instinct to just be like well I have to protect my child at all costs and that's how these situations happen right like I mean I absolutely know and have family members that like fit this category where you're just like but what am I supposed to do and it's even harder when like Mike Michael's just a you know he's just jumping from job to job and trying to go to the Hacienda hut and get appetizers for 10 bucks but like you know, it's harder when like your kid is addicted to drugs or yeah. like really in trouble, right? Homeless or like in trouble with the law or like things like that, where you're just like, there, you're, there have to, you have to learn real consequences, but also it's super hard to discern as a parent when you need to step in and when you should not. 
So right. I think it's, it's really interesting here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, but like, I just, I just wanted to point out like Dorothy's different now than she was. And she needs to be reminded of like who she is now and what she believes instead of slipping back into who she used to be when she and Michael, you know, at all live together. Right. Yeah. Because like you're, um, I think those examples that you raised are, are really, really good points to bring up because Michael, the reason that I think Michael is so clearly unlikable for me, at least in this episode, is that he doesn't have any of that. He won't wear a tie at work. Like, yeah, my know. guy, come on. You have a, also you have a kid, like, you know, that, that sort of entitlement, I have to say, feels very like, well, we don't know white. if there's a miscarriage. Right, 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 right. But I'm, well, eventually somebody needs a Batman hat. But anyway, like Michael- That's true. <laughs> Michael's entitlement to be like, this band has a rule that they wear a tie. I won't do that. And that makes them wrong is so white hetero man. Like no oh other, God, you know, know, group is, in, is endowed with that. Um, and it's so frustrating because like, yeah, I get, I understand, you know, the conversation between Dorothy and Blanche, I think is a really, really interesting, complex one, because I get it. I understand that it's like much easier said than done to be like, you have to get out on your own two feet, and particularly when there's going to be emotional consequences, as there are. Mm -hmm. But what do you do? You know, like, I feel like there is a middle ground that Dorothy tries to take by like giving him some time to, to get it together. Um, and he's just yeah. like, so stubborn that he's not interested. But um yeah it's a really really tough thing and I think this is like a good sort of picture of um you know sort of the complexities of being the parent of an adult child and what so as our resident Blanche familial expert what what do you think about like Blanche here being the voice of reason and being so intense from the get-go right from the jump of like being the one of like this is what you have to do like she's so confident in that and she's fucking right. But like, you know, like where does this come from? Usually she's so confused when it comes to like adult children matters, right? Mm. And I just think it's really interesting. So I don't know, what what is your take on that? That like Blanchier is sort of driving everything and even to the point where Sophia doesn't agree with Dorothy until sort of the end of things. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like a mix of just being able to be a sort of emotionally divorced from the situation I think she would have a harder time mm -hmm. if it was one of That's her true. kids because of her guilt but I also think because Blanche doesn't particularly like being a mother and she's got a not like I don't know if I would call it cold but it's not exactly a warm relationship with her kids so I do think it makes it easier like I think yes. that not being close with your family does impact the emotional bond. It doesn't mean the emotional bond's not there. And I'm not really talking about if you're like totally right. estranged. I'm talking about if you don't particularly connect with your, mm -hmm. your um, biological family. I think sometimes like the pieces that other people kind of struggle with, like missing holidays or something like that, like those don't hit you the same way. And I feel like it's yeah. sort of that same logic of like, I think it's easier for Blanche to see logically what you should do when emotional cloud emotions cloud your judgment with family I don't know how she would be in that exact situation but I could see her honestly like being conflicted but ultimately doing it herself because I do think she's like mm -hmm. she also doesn't have this like sort of fanciful connection to motherhood that um you know like like liked being a mother she didn't like being a mother so I think that that also yeah. makes it easier to be like here's what you should do 
based purely on like the factual evidence and like yes emotionally it's gonna suck but like what other alternative is there um and so I think it's easier for her to present it that way where whereas it's you know I think Rose would never be able to do that because she's so sort of like Michael Landon's mother yeah exactly Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah 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 exactly so interesting yeah I mean it's funny it's it actually is kind of a shame we don't get a little bit more of rose in the michael story because she's too busy sticking her hand in buckets and looking at light bulbs um (laughs) (laughs) which i still love i mean i do i love all of the consumer testing storylines that we get to see through her work with enrique um but yeah i just I, i i think you're right about that sort of blanche being a little bit emotionally divorced in more ways than one from just motherhood in general from the situation and it's like yeah, I, I don't know. It's like how many, like Dorothy does cave multiple times, right? And it's really, at least it delivers us the, that's my boy, that's my dad, that's my money line, like, <laughs> which I, I really love. Um, but it's funny because like at the end when she figures it out, you know, after through the help of Blanche and like seeing the results and when Stan, of course, comes to her and is like, can you be the bad guy? And she's like, I'm going to ask you to ask Michael to leave my home. Love it. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's, uh, he's so funny there. Oh my so God. Pathetic. But like, it's actually funny because like, it's her, her speech to him, to Stan, I mean, is very like, happy birthday, Peter Pan. You know, like, yeah. when he, was, <laughs> he needed to grow up too. So it's like, again, I think you were saying last episode that we saw a lot of recycling of themes in like smaller, minor ways, which is so true to life, right? Like, people are people, mm-hmm. their personalities are like static in a lot of ways, even if they, they have one nudge here and there, they're really gonna, the same issues are going to come up again and again. Right. So obviously Stan is a man child. We all know, obviously now, like, I love the angle of this episode because obviously his son is like ending up the same way. And it's really, it's really, it's just really fascinating. Um, I, I really like how she eventually puts her foot down and, yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> The, the whole the whole that's my money thing too of like asking for money and like don't want to wear a tie and the entitlement it's like I don't know I if, if like I also hate a lot of the rules of society my friend like I, I hate the fact that we all have to work to just do simple things like eat and breathe and live and be be housed um capitalism sucks dude like but it's like you're not going about it in the right way because I feel like there there is a lot of this like young white cis male entitlement i mean look at the u.s right now jesus fucking christ um but i think it's like a lot of that comes from the fact that there is there is that kernel of truth like you're you're rebelling against some bullshit that we've set up as a society which i'm like i'm 100 percent on board for however you're not any more special than anyone else so taking advantage of women <laughs> or your mother, or even your father, or just like making, like basically offloading the responsibility of like fighting the system in a productive way to somebody else, <laughs> or like right. like making them do your bidding ain't the way to go about it, you know? And I think that that's the crux of like, that's the growing up part is like, you have to be able to discern of like, I hate this. It sucks. I have to do it. Like I can either take this path to like, get it done and also fight against it to change it so that nobody else has to go through this bullshit or I can just be an ass and and make other people do the work for me because I don't want to (laughs) you know and And it's like you can't take that second path unless you're an asshole 
Right, exactly. And that's what I mean. Like his delivery of like more good news. Like she threw me out. More like good like it's I know so more good news, right? What? Come it on. just drives me nuts. It just I like really, really have a have take issue with first of all, I'm just like I dropping legit in. Legit wrote that line down too. Ugh. More good news. You know that type, you know, like you know that like a-hole who's like, oh, like her loss, like no. Um exactly, yeah. Yeah, get and rid I of that was, bone chain. Exactly. <laughs> oh man, but like I think like you got in a whole fight about her with your mother, <laughs> like last time we saw you, dickhole. You got married, like whatever, whatever. Not my business. Um, I like <laughs> that we get to sort of see the intergenerational interactions, though, because I do think like Sophia's Sophia's perspective here does feel very grandmotherly to me and it, it, you know it's not exactly fair but I do think grandparents get to just be supportive and they don't need to sort of oh, like yeah. you know they don't need to inter- you, the, you're the parent like you got to do the hard stuff like that's fair they already Straight did up. it um and I love when Sophia's like how could I know my children made all the right choices my son was a cross dresser my dad's <laughs> married and pregnant oh my god Rose Kennedy in Brooklyn how great what a great totally. like it's like a very fast line um but I think it's so funny and I think it's also like it's a dig for sure but it I think it just kind of also speaks to like kids do stuff and they do stuff that you don't expect them to do and you have no choice but to respond and like you know I think those two examples are really interesting because like Phil is a cross-dresser and we'll see you know like a bigger um a bigger sort of delve into her response to that. Yeah. But she never misses a chance to tell Dorothy that she got knocked up at 16. So, um, oh, yeah. I just think it's like, it's interesting to see how she feels about her kids' decisions. And then Dorothy has to kind of address Michael's decision or Michael's, you know, habit of just kind of running from everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it is interesting that like Sophia does have the line about coming around to your side mm-hmm. at the end, you know, like where she's like, let him find himself. And then she does realize that Dorothy has actually made the correct decision. You know, like, I think that's an interesting twist of like, yeah. to your point, like they get to be more lax, you know, she steals Dorothy's money, puts it in his pocket. It's pretty classic grandma stuff, but it is interesting that she's trying to influence Dorothy the other way at first, you know? Yeah. Um, but the Rose, the Rose Kennedy thing, actually, Matt Browning's book, I just found out, Rose Kennedy lived to 105 years Yeah. Old. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Crazy. Damn. Both of her sons shot, but- uh, Kennedy first didn't get hurt. Um, yeah. My goodness. Um, but yeah. But so- <laughs> Uh, I, I just want to call attention also to the uh, crazy cousin Nunzio, Nunzio. <laughs> discussion. <laughs> Nunzio started living with this pet goat. Like, you know, we've called out before on enoughwickerford.com when we've talked about like the dark and dramatic themes of the, of the Golden Girls and especially ones that sort of slip under the radar. <laughs> this is one of the two bestiality references or at least like, you know, tangential references, but like Dorothy and Blanche's faces (laughs) sitting at that table. It's just really, really epic in that, uh, in that delivery. Yeah. I think there's more than two because don't forget the next day, the rumors would start St. Olaf and there's like, Oh, that's that's true. That is true. That is true. So I think that that's at least three. You're right. It's at least three. Oh my God. But I also love in that scene, they just move the kitchen table to Lanai <laughs> to yeah, like spice I, things up. 
Because honestly, I always picture, yeah, I always picture the bull, the, what makes a bull a bull story in the kitchen. Well, it's not the kitchen table. It's just that it's close up on the lanai. And I actually think it's funny because I, I kind of like felt like we already saw that scene. Like that scene is so iconic to me or that story that Rose tells, you know, like, boy, that bull would have been jealous. In my mind, like we already saw that. Yeah, I agree. It feels late. It feels late for it to be. It honestly kind of feels like a season three sort of joke to me. Um, And Blanche's response is so Blanche, which is like, yeah, yeah, you've done the right thing. Tell me more about Charlie. Like, oh my God. Tell me about your ex-husband's dick. (laughs) 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 Oh God. All right. What do you, well, so what do you think of, you know, Rose being overworked? Let's talk about that storyline. Well, so I think it's so funny, just the visual of her staring at the two light bulbs with her arm, with her hand in a bucket Uh, of water for nothing. Um, I think it's, I think I could see Rose getting herself into, not, it's not her fault, but I could see Rose continuing to accept assignments and not pushing back at all, which I think is actually a relatively even new concept. Um, Thank you to us millennials who, you know, like we started setting professional boundaries in a way that's not like, no, I don't want to do any more work, Michael. It's like, honestly, like I don't have the capacity. And I think that those conversations now happen in a professional setting more often, not always. And, and, you know, not all workplaces are are receptive to that. So I'm not like, you know, saying that um, it's perfect, but I certainly have a long way to go. Like, you know, Rose, um, Rose's conversation with Enrique Mas at the end and his reaction is the right reaction. Like Enrique yeah. pretty much stays good the whole time. Um, and I feel like, you know, he's getting his makeup. It's funny. It's a Ted Koppel joke. Um, but then, you know, he, <laughs> his response to Rose saying and she's overworked. Yeah, too. Um, isn't like, oh, you're lazy or like, I'll find someone else to do it or whatever, which I feel like you know, again, capitalism really sucks. And that's sort of the the running message here. But he's like, no, you're really good at your job. I can see that you're overworked. Like I'm gonna pay somebody else to help you to get an assistant tomorrow, which right. I have some questions about. Um, are you gonna I know, right? Tomorrow? Like keep them in, like, in a closet storage. They're just like, all right, we need a new assistant. Pop out of here. <laughs> but literally like the SEC should show this to all companies. Like that's how you treat employees. I know. And it's, it's so funny that line struck me of like, oh, we'll get you in the system. It really, it struck me in that exact same way. Like, this is how it should be. And oh my God, it's not, especially with all this bullshit conversation. No one wants to work. It's like, no, no one wants to work in an abusive workplace for less than a living fucking wage. That's it. (laughs) Like, I mean, that's like, this is what you have to do. Like if, if the choice was to, you know, uh, have, have a job where you had to stare at light bulbs all through the night and drive your roommates crazy, you know, or like actually have a respected (laughs) work place like which would you choose to like give me a break so yeah there is there is a lot of learning to do from a lot of especially business owners right to just like they it's so easy to write off people as being like no they don't want to work or they can't handle it but you're right Enrique handles it the the right way and it's awesome yeah and I don't want to work for the record (laughs) that's true about me for sure for sure but I think also that's what we and especially Generation Z has done for like reframing you know, working, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I can enjoy my, like what I do to an extent. I can enjoy some coworkers, um, provided it's not like Rose last episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> like, Gen you know Z. why I'm here? You know why I'm here to make fucking money? Cause I, yeah. need to the end full stop. I'm not a family. 
you yeah. know, like we're not, we're not part of that. So anyway, yeah, it's just, it's really interesting. And it's funny because that ties into the whole Michael conversation, right? Yeah, you just really got to do it. You got to beg back. Sure. Like, oh, it's humiliating to ask for my job back, whatever. And Dorothy actually doesn't even entertain that. She's like, no, it's great. You did the right thing. The end. See you later, kid. Bye. Yeah. Like, it's also still not a really job awesome. job. You're a musician, my friend. I know that's worse, <laughs> but like, my guy, you're, you're still doing something you're good at and enjoy. Right. You play the saxophone for a living. That's fucking cool. Also, like, exactly. he lives in New York, so I'm sure there are a fair amount of opportunities, but like, they're trying to get him something in Miami. Like, guy, you got to take what you get. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. Oh, Michael. Goodness gracious. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I do want to call attention to some, some of, uh, lines that we missed I or even just the very beginning right Blanche is carrying around the book Lady Chatterley's Lover again yes, got that on stage that. prop so funny <laughs> she has it a couple times in so this great. episode yeah exactly it's just a good prop um I also like the the Sophia smells fine to me I don't know why they're recalling it but I what's interesting is like my first instinct of like recalling it meaning the entire dish that she's cooking which implies that it is a pre- made like sort of store-bought meal but it's Sophia so she must I be referring to an ingredient no I had that same note <laughs> it's such a plot hole like there's no way that's what is that like tomato canned tomato sauce no way yeah Bob, Bob Evans mashed potatoes like come on. um no 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 it's like but but it is really funny so it's, it's got to be I think the loophole for this particular plot hole is like that it has to be an ingredient within whatever she's making sure. like milk or something right like a mouthful so, of wine. <laughs> I love that. I love that you also. <laughs> oh, I'm also cleaning the crud off the stop sink stopper. Um, but, but, but yeah, I love that you had that exact same note. Cause I was like, wait a minute, this makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> we know what we know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I've got for this one. You know, Michael will fucking grow up hopefully and figure it out just like we all have to as adults <laughs> i got um i got two more things one i want to call yeah. out blanche is wearing um blanche is wearing a leopard print shirt when she's talking about writing the letter of recommendation to the hacienda Ooh, yeah um, <laughs> and it's it's really great it's such a hot look um i love it and then i also just wanted to bring up the line um when dorothy's talking about mrs lucky and um being with the hand motion (laughs) so 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 funny and then just like I know this is we we were talking about last episode like she's so quick and she's so funny that Stan says magnet and then she responds with does she know what a magnet you are like totally totally but what's funny is like he says he says magnet and then there's a few more lines in between. And then she said, does she know what a maggot you are? I actually don't like the first time I saw this, I, I didn't connect that joke until Stan corrects her. And I was like, Ooh, that's actually really clever. Like I actually missed that the first time. Yeah. I think she was sort of like playing off of it. Cause maggot just felt like so perfect for <laughs> what Dorothy would call Stan. Um, and yeah, it's magnificent. It's magnificent. I don't have to stay long. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. right. So there you go. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to discuss breaking the citrus festival plate twice. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, everybody.